This is the Influencers Network Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Craig. I'm the Executive Director for Influencers Global Ministries here in Bentonville, Arkansas. And uh, got a couple special guests today. Uh, our founder, Rocky Fleming, is uh, not here this time, but I've got a couple guys I want you guys to meet. Uh, I've got Bob Bercy and Sean Holloway. And uh, Sean Holloway is the sheriff of uh, Benton County, here where mm-hmm. we live, where our global office is located. And uh, Bob also, uh, Bob, what's your title? Are you? The major of the jail. He's the major of the local jail. And so, uh, anyway, I met these guys about a year ago and uh, been hearing some great things that's going on. Uh, they, they had their own encounter uh, going through a journey group. That's kind of where it started, I think. Yes. And then uh, now it's working its way into the jail system and, and beyond. And so I want you guys to hear and be encouraged by what God is, is doing here. And this may be an on-ramp for you to have an idea of how you can help help people in the legal system and the jail system where you guys live. So, uh so, Sean, I guess I'll start with you uh, and uh, just tell a little bit about yourself and, and, and how you came to know about the journey and then what it what it did for you. And I want to let Bob share as well, and then we'll talk a little bit about the jail stuff okay. later. Um, I'm the sheriff here in the county. I've been the sheriff uh, in my second term right now. Uh, a few years ago, about two years ago now, I guess, I started in January uh, 2018. Um, I'd had some marital problems going on, and... I was going through a divorce, and uh, right before uh, our final of our divorce, my father passed, uh, which was hard because I was very close with my father. And then the divorce didn't go well, as they they never do. I mean, it's an ugly thing, uh, especially if kids are involved. Uh, get through that, and then I've got another campaign to get reelected. Uh, make it through that and get reelected, and short time after that my mother passes about four months all this is in about a four and a half month period there's a lot of uh, major life things that impacted me emotionally and spiritually and uh, was very down um, I remember the night of the election you know normally you think it'd be something happy I remember the results came out I, I like really felt nothing it's like there's you know that got my mind processing you know there's something missing and I knew deep down what it was. Um, so fast forward to um, a few months after that in the summer, I'm at, at the house there with my kids, uh, got them for the weekend, and was very, just very uh, down, very stressed out. And I'm sitting there cooking uh, uh, lunch for them, and no other way to describe it than I was overcome by a vision. And in this vision, I just... Uh, I envisioned a program that was going on in the jail and uh, kind of some people that I would meet later, which is kind of eerie when <laughs> reflecting back on it now, people I didn't know. Uh, and I wake up from this vision of all these different things uh, to uh, stuff burning on the stove. <laughs> and I turn the stove off and I'm just really kind of freaked out. I'm like, hey, how long have I been in this uh, dream or whatever I've been in? You know, so I go to my bedroom, and I had met uh, Barry Lunny, uh, who's part of the Influencers, who was a uh, high school coach here at Bentonville High School. Uh, met him about a month before that with uh, Pastor Casey at uh, 
uh, when the local church was here. And so I, I just, just kept having this thought. Hey, call coach. You know, my first thought was, you know, I would need to call one of my uh, jail ministers, but I just kept having this in my head. I need to call coach. And I'm like, you know what? I'll call him. So I call uh, Barry and the, Barry answers the phone. And the first thing I tell him was like, hey, Barry, can I ask you something? He's like, yeah, go ahead. He goes like, I'm like, you believe God speaks to you? And he starts laughing. I'm like, what's funny? He goes, I was mowing my yard and God told me someone needed to talk to me. So I turned my lawnmower off and I just sat down. <laughs> I'm like, so I told him what's going on and he says, we need to meet. Uh, so over the next week or two, we met a couple of times. And I didn't know what influencers or the journey or any of that was. Uh, so I got asked to uh, join a journey group. Wasn't really sure what it is. We went, got the, the first book to read and we met early in the morning. Uh, I'd, I'd asked Bob and told him about uh, this uh, program that I'd heard about, uh, which really is not a program, but at the time we didn't really know what it was. Mm-hmm. So we invited him and uh, we went for the, through the first six week uh, uh process of that and then later on uh, I joined the journey group uh, for the full nine months uh, Bob also did the something very similar uh, through all of that I realized that what God was trying to tell me was we need this program in the jail uh, being sheriff uh, you know always been really good at uh, most of my career getting out catching the bad guy uh, doing this and that never uh, years working at the sheriff's office had thought much about the jail. Uh, I was a field guy, uh, but since that, uh, my heart has really changed for uh, men and women that are incarcerated. Uh, most of them were there because of choices of life, and many times we have all these different programs that are trying to treat symptoms of different things, whether it be drugs, alcohol, um, criminal nature of stealing things. And, uh, over reflecting over that, I realized all these programs we have just treat symptoms. I'm like, we need to treat what's the cause of this. Mm-hmm. And that's the heart of the man. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I knew this program, uh, talking to Barry, he was involved with it on the uh, prison level uh, down at Wrightsville and a couple of the other uh, prisons here in Arkansas. Uh, but that was a, uh, a long program. Uh, many of the people who come through our uh, facility there at Benton County they're not there that long, so we can't do a year-long program. Uh, so talking and coordinating with uh, Rocky and Barry and uh, various other people, uh, we came up with doing this abbreviated version uh, just to kind of be an appetizer in the jail. Uh, we tried to do a six-week, and then and I think we've got it down to four weeks now because we found that we can definitely impact people in four weeks more than we can in six because they may leave. Mm. Let me let me back up, Sean. I do want to get into more about what you've seen there in the yeah. jail. But um, you mentioned you were in a rough season of life, and then you went through the journey. So tell me, what did God use the journey to help you process life, your own personal life, and all the things that you was going through? Yeah, on? I mean, I was depressed, and the doctors wanted talked about doing prescription drugs, and I didn't want to do any of that. And when I got into the, the actual uh, nine-month program, uh, taking that personal quiet time every morning, uh, sitting there reading the Bible and just examining God's Word one little micro section at a time uh, really was the changing point for me that it, it's, it didn't happen all at once. 
it's a gradual thing and it's still an ongoing process. Sure. Uh, you get busy in life and you got to refocus and I need to get back to what was leading me in the, the vertical direction I need to be going. Uh, so over that nine months, it got better and better and better for me uh, uh, on a spiritual level, uh, my relationships with my kids, uh, work, just everything in general uh, started going to a positive instead of this uh, what Satan tries to put in a lot of people's minds, all the negative things that come along. Like, you should feel uh, sad right now. You should not be happy about the, the – I was letting those things – coming to my life that uh, going through the journey uh, helped me realize I don't have to do that. This is what God wants me to do. And I'm still growing. Um, it's definitely been a journey. <laughs> no pun intended. But, <laughs> well, and there's been some things recently here in my life that the journey's prepared me for. Uh, I almost think that uh, God wanted to speed that all up because he knew I had big things coming. Yeah. Well, let, let's come back to that. I, okay. I, I, that probably, we definitely need to talk about that. Yeah. Uh, but, Bob, I want to bring you in just a minute. So, so Sheriff brought you into this whole thing called the journey, right? You didn't know anything about it beforehand? Uh, he did. He, uh, he told me the story, like he, he just mentioned, of, of the vision he had and, and uh, his, his talk with uh, Barry. And uh, he said, hey, I'm going to go to this, this group. You want to go? Sure. Why not? <laughs> you know, it was interesting just just hearing a little bit about it, and I'd never heard of it before. And I thought, well, you know what? That sounds pretty good. Let's go check it out. And you were you were a Christian? Yes, a church attender. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Been going to been attending uh, fellowship since two thousand seven. And uh, were you an abider? I thought I was, <laughs> and I found out real quickly that uh, I didn't know what the definition of abiding was. Okay. Uh, but the just just the way the the format of of the six week journey primer, just getting you ready for the nine month, just it it just it reaches out to you. It the the way it's written to me, it just it just tugs at the the heartstrings of a guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, and it just gets you hungry to where you want more. To where that six week program when it was over with, I, I'd learned enough that I wasn't where I wanted to be but I knew how to get there mm-hmm. but there was a, it was a big process to get there so was, and you wanted to go through the the nine month yeah and I was excited about it and and the cool thing was just I had my book laying at the house that I'm trying to read for this deal and then I come home on the on the weekend I'd been out running around and, uh, and my wife says Hey, where'd you get this book? She goes, I just read it. I really like this. <laughs> and I said, Well, we're just finishing up this program. And uh, I said, But I said, We don't, I don't know if there's a girls' group. You know, she's like, Well, find out. And so when we finished this, you know, Greg and, uh, and Barry led the group. And so I was asking Greg, I said, You ever thought about doing a couples' group? He said, matter of fact, we're thinking about doing one. I said, perfect. And uh, when I told Allison about that, she was she was excited about that. And next thing you know, we're, we're in a nine-month couples journey group. Which I got to the privilege of helping to lead uh, with Greg and Jamie and uh, got to meet Allison, your wife. And, yeah, that was, that was a great experience. That was a great group. That's a fantastic group. 
Yeah, so watching your growth, Bob, I got a front row seat for that. Also to watch Allison's growth and her coming out of her shell. She's very quiet, and she's praying out loud by the end of the whole thing, which was just amazing, you know. So it it was really cool. It was. Well, good. Any major takeaways for you after going through the full journey? The full thing was just learning the importance of spending that time and, you know, reading God's Word and, and and just let the Spirit help you understand it and and let it soak in and just, just realize, hey, He's always there. He's always there for us. And if we'll let Him, He'll, he'll help us. Mm-hmm. And and just trying to trying to let things go, let go of that wheel, and, and let His will be done is that's the difficult part for me. I'm, I'm kind of a I need I need to be the one driving, mm-hmm. but it's difficult. And, and and going through that process has really helped me achieve that that uh, I guess the the faith that it's okay to let go of the wheel mm-hmm. and, and and let Him take it. Yeah, the old, the old bumper stickers that said "God is my co-pilot." They didn't have it quite right. You right, know? You know, <laughs> we're, you're, we're his co-pilot. <laughs> no, you're asking. Well, go. Uh, you know, thing on biggest takes. I mean, that really does come to that uh, for me, and I think for Bob and for a lot of men trying to control everything in your world. Yeah, it made me realize uh, at one point that we're not in control of anything. That you have to give control over to him. Yeah, and, and that it's a joyful thing to, yes. to let him lead. And he, he knows more than us, and, and you get to be part of something that's amazing, you know. And, yeah. and so so let's uh, let's talk a little bit about what happened with you, uh, and I'm, I'm sure you're talking about uh, the birth of your, your twin boys. Yes. So t- tell that story. Uh, so I got remarried uh, after my divorce, uh, and we ended up uh, getting pregnant uh, with— uh, twins and I'm like oh wow <laughs> I'm 47 <laughs> I'm like God yeah you got a new adventure for me here uh, excited about it scared about it honestly um, so we get into I think a week 14 or so and uh, we get the news that one of our uh, boys uh, has a condition called hydrocephalus which I'd never heard of I learned a b- lot about it really quick um uh, we learned that uh, it's not going to be good, and the doom and gloom started coming in, and that was a familiar feeling to me that I recognized uh, really quick. And um, the difference this time, I'm like, this is not going to control uh, my emotions. I was like, I don't, I trust that God is going to uh, see us through on this. Um, so we continue. We were going to the doctor every week, having a ultrasound and they're telling us yeah this baby's not going to make it to term probably if it does it's going to die at birth or it might live two hours this is 100 percent not reversible mm-hmm. so I, they're like we're not going to try to sugarcoat this for you guys uh, it was even suggested to us uh, about halfway through that let's go ahead and terminate one of the pregnancies and my wife was uh, amanda she was very uh, emotional about all this uh, and I, I just tried to be there and be the strong husband and say look God's got this she'd get on to me I don't understand why you're not upset I'm like I'm not worried about this I'm like you know we get to see him for an hour when he's born if that's what God wants that's what we'll we'll get and we'll be happy about that 
that's what I was trying to explain to her. You know, you got to be thankful for the good and the bad. They're all for reasons. And so we uh, fast forward. We're almost towards the end of the pregnancy. We're in week uh, 35, and we're at the specialist. We've been to two or three specialists, and they'd all exact same thing. Uh, baby's going to be born. His head's going to be humongous. Not going to make it. It's going to have the baby had no brain on any of the MRIs that we had seen or ultrasounds. I'm sorry. Uh, on the ultrasounds, and two days prior to the boys being born, the specialist tells us he is dying. You guys might want to think about moving the C-section uh, up so that you can see him while he's still alive. And uh, my wife got very stressed; her blood pressure rocketed. And next thing you know, we're in the hospital for blood pressure, and uh, her water breaks, and we're prepared for emergency C-section. Um, Jeff Crawford, a pastor at Cross Church, I'd, yeah, he'd been kind of involved early on, told him what was going on, and he wanted to be there. So I called him that morning at 7 o'clock in the morning. I'm like, hey, can you can you get up here? We're getting ready to go to surgery in about an hour. And he, he showed up, and we're sitting there in the room, and uh, the doctor who's going to deliver the babies comes in and sits on the bed, uh, just has a strange look on her face. She goes, you know, I don't have a medical explanation for you guys. What I'm seeing, uh, we're like, uh, wife is like, what, what are you talking about? She goes, I'm, I'm looking at uh, his ultrasound now. She goes, I don't, there's no medical explanation for it, but I think he's going to be okay. <laughs> you know, that was, that was a weird dynamic sitting in the room prior to that, dealing with happy and sad at the same time. Mm. And you could just feel the Holy Spirit come in the room. <laughs> it was weird. Mm. It was good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And we're like in shock, almost like, what? And they get in there, and the procedure's really quick. And uh, Braxton, who's the one who had the hydrocephalus, he's the first one out. First thing is uh, he screams a cry out, best cry I ever heard. Mm. So the point of all that, you know, we could have given in to the doom and gloom that was uh, presented to us. Um you know, when they talked about doing the uh, terminating one of the pregnancies, I'm like, no, we're not doing that. Uh, I think it was uh, a test for us, uh, God's faith that he will see you through. And it's we're at home. We're I think we're in week six, approaching seven right now. And mm. he's doing good. I mean, he's got a little issues. It's probably going to require a, one surgery, we think. But he's he's got a full functional brain. Uh, there was no brain on any of the ultrasounds prior to that day that he was delivered. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so you witnessed a miracle. <laughs> yeah. You know, we were in the delivery room. I looked over there at one point, and all the nurses and the doctor, they're all crying. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, my gosh. And the, the doctor's like, you know, I've seen, been doing this for 25-something years. Second miracle I've ever seen. Oh, wow. Praise God. Yeah. Praise God. And I love it that you were... You were willing for whatever God wanted to give you, you know. If, if you know, even if you didn't understand it or want to accept it, you would you would mm-hmm. accept it, you know. Yeah. Wow, that's beautiful, Sean. Thank you for sharing that. That people need to hear that kind of stuff. Really, that's awesome. Well, let's let's for the last part of our talk here. Let's just talk a little bit about you know. I love it that God chose to get two influencers in a worldly sense. You know, you guys are influencers in this community. Obviously, mm-hmm. your key positions, you know, in government. Um, and, and choose to grab hold of you guys, you know, and, and now you're passing it on, you know. Mm-hmm. So t- tell me what you guys have seen using the journey 
in with inmates, you know, with guys that are incarcerated with in, in the jail system. What tell me well, a few of the stories? You know, one of the things that we saw immediately uh, that's very measurable uh, that most anyone can understand was uh, the pod where the first journey was going on. Uh, the disciplinaries dropped off the charts. What we normally see on a regular basis. I'm not sure what that number was, but it was pretty dramatic. Yeah, I don't remember the exact numbers, but we we were looking at that, and they they'd gone down considerably. When you say disciplinaries, <clears throat> means uh, guys getting in trouble for mm-hmm. fights or or whatever things that they're not supposed to be doing. Yeah, yeah not right. follow not following the the rules of the jail in general, or fighting, stealing things. Yeah, um, I remember one of the first groups that Greg had. Uh, he came at one point and wanted me and Bob to. Uh, uh, come say hi to these guys. Uh, uh, most people, that'd be a very kind of intimidating thing, walk into a room with 10 to 20, 30 inmates that are, are there for various different reasons. They usually have this feel of the room that you're the police, especially you're the sheriff, don't like walked in and it's like, you can feel the Holy Spirit. And it's like, you, after four weeks of this, it's like, I'm like, wow, that's I was there kinda, was no feeling of hate. And, no, you, you know, could feel the love in the room. Yeah, yeah. Wow. I was like, wow. <laughs> I mean, that was... And these are guys who've done crimes. I mean, yeah. you know, they're there for a reason, right? I mean, but, I mean, even thanking us for giving them this program. Wow. That's uh, It's only got better from there. Bob can speak to right. a lot of this stuff. You know, and just, just like I said, when we walked in and talked to these guys, I mean, normally... Uh, I've never seen the inmates, you know, thank us for bringing this program, make it available for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that's the biggest thing is, you know, if we can facilitate something that is actually going to be life-changing to these guys, then, you know, by all means, that's what we're trying to do. Mm-hmm. And just listening to the guys, uh, uh, having them talk about themselves of going, you know, hey, this guy over here, he does, he doesn't act the same as he did three weeks ago. They're talking about each other. They're talking about mm-hmm. each other. Okay, yeah. They're like, because they know the real scoop. Because they're, 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 when you guys aren't around, they're there, yeah. Yeah, I want to read that book. I don't know what it's doing to him, but I want what he's got. <laughs> right. And then after we finished that first group, it was like, I mean, everybody was wanting to get in it. And, it, you know, to, to get in it, we just, we had to keep it manageable to where we could keep, you know, about 15 guys tops per session. Yeah. So, so there's like a waiting list to get on these So things. guys were just, you know, I was getting requests for them to, to go. So we were like, hey, if you're still here, when we start the next one, then we'll, we'll put it out. Yeah. And, and we've had no no problem filling the, the journey groups. Um, and so we got the first male group going. And then we had Alicia C., from the Reach Church in Centerton, mm-hmm. she reached out and wanted to begin the, the women's groups. Mm-hmm. And she has been on fire over in over in H-Pod, which is a women's pod. And she is, I believe, on her sixth, sixth or seventh group now. Wow. And had fantastic results over there. Uh, you know, the biggest thing is is, is we're, we're trying to, to light that fire, but one of the biggest hurdles we're finding is once we've got them stoked up and, and they're really wanting to learn this and get involved in it, it, it's what do they do when they get out? Yeah, right, 
Right. And that's the that's the hardest thing. And, and trying to just give them information and say, hey, when you get out, contact influencers.com. Tell them you want to get involved. Yeah. You know, they have the they have the ability to to try to get you placed in a group where you can where you can have mentors and kind of keep you going. And well, you know, nothing when we started this, we we realized that we had a gape amongst us in our jail. <laughs> Got him, Larry Roy, one of your uh, chaplains. Yeah, who I did not know, who's mm. been volunteering, coming there every day for seven years. Uh, he's involved with it. He's on fire about it. And, uh, the time I've got to know Larry, he really is a game. Mm. But he was that quiet guy that's influencing people, and no one really knew he was there, but they do know he's there. Mm. He didn't want any attention, still doesn't want any attention, and he's helped us uh, grow that big time. Yes. Well, and great, you mentioned Greg, and you're talking about Greg Hewitt, who's mm-hmm. a, yes. one of our global board members, and he's done prison ministry down in Cummings and all that, and has real heart, heart for that. Uh, God put it on his heart. He didn't want to do this, but God put it on his heart. Yeah. But uh, one thing he tells me is that uh, as they're going through the journey of the Inner Chamber story and, and the refugee camp and the bridge, you know, it turns into a gospel presentation. And he's seen many of those guys say they want to walk across that bridge for the first time, mm-hmm. want to really become Christians for the first time. So, And then we were at Soto this summer. I had some of the guys from different areas of the country like, well, are you nervous about being in there with the inmates, this and that, and worry about And I'm like, no, you know, reflecting on it. I'm like, you know what? This is really like shooting fish in a barrel. We have got all the people who are at the worst part of the battlefield all in one spot who are looking for something, mm-hmm. and they're hungry for it. Well, Greg said they really relate to the refugee camp imagery yes. and all that because they, they're in these rough – they feel like darts are flying at them. Oh, you ask them, who are you in the story, and they know immediately. <laughs> Well, and Bob, I appreciate what you're saying. You know, so and Greg's explained this to me too. You know, it's a temporary holding place where you guys mm-hmm. are, right? So they're either going to go to prison for a long term, which the good news is we have journey in right. a lot of these prisons in Arkansas, which is great, or they're going to go back to society, which that's what we hope for them. Um, and that's the tricky part, right? Because they getting them integrated into regular groups of guys and all that kind of stuff. Trying to figure that part out. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've tried to figure out. You know, it's not easy for a man especially when they've come out of a system like that, even when we've given them the journey to reach out to people they don't know. Yeah. It's kind of, it's an intimidation factor. And uh, I think they, maybe they feel they're not worthy to come and join that group. And so we're trying to express to them that you're welcome. And we want that. We got people that will help you. If you'll just uh, contact us, we'll get you with someone. If you go back to the same friends and things that you're doing before, you will get the same result. Mm -hmm. You have to change something. In all the journey groups I've ever led, uh, guys are always have the right heart, and so they're willing to accept anybody. You know, mm-hmm. even if they're an executive at a company, and then there's a blue collar guy. You know, it's a welder. Yeah. You know, they they don't judge. You know, the, the the ground is level at the foot of the cross. You know, um, so uh, we just got to help those guys get over that the, the accuser's voice telling them they're not worthy and all that. You stuff. know, that's one of the things when I get a chance to talk to the inmates uh, when I come in there that, that you know I'm no different than you guys. We are all men, men of God. I'm like, the only difference is, you know, you guys made one or two wrong choices. I'm like, I could have very easily been that person. That's right. Uh, God had a plan for you, but now he's delivering a message to you to try to get you back where you're, where you need to be. Well, and I've, 
I've heard both of you guys say this, and you said it a minute ago, I think, Sean, one thing that God changed your heart toward the inmates, Mm -hmm. you know, which is, that's pretty cool. You know, you know, maybe you saw it. Of course, you guys have seen a lot of horrible things that the average people don't see. So I could see where you could get hardened toward, toward these guys. But, but both of you have told me, you told me this in our couples group, Bob, Mm -hmm. God softened your heart towards these guys. That's pretty interesting to me. You want to talk about that or? It, uh, yeah, just, you know, kind of like Sean talked about earlier, you know, most of my experience, well, 99% of my experience in, in law enforcement was in the field. And it was about putting bad guys in jail and making sure that's where they stayed to where now all of a sudden, hey, here's, now you're, you're in the jail and you're seeing these guys in here and realizing, you know, hey, these, these guys are humans too. And they, they've messed up, and they know it because that's where they know they're there for a reason. Mm-hmm. But, uh, <clears throat> you know, of, of at least being able to uh, facilitate something, uh, an avenue for them to, to, to find that life change and, and, and turn away from what they're doing. And, you know, it's a win-win for us. If they do, their life gets better. And... They don't have to come back to our facility. Yeah, and that's like I always try to tell the guys. I was like, "Listen, I would much rather say hi to you in the aisles at Walmart, yeah, than in the halls of the detention center." Yeah, I said, "I want you to get out and be happy with your family, and you know, and and try to fly right." Yeah. So that's just uh, that's one of the biggest takeaways of of where it kind of changed my thought process on. Yeah on dealing with the inmates. So let me ask you this. So just one of the last questions. So if, if someone's out there and they're thinking, I mean, I would love to be part of <clears throat> helping minister to guys who are in jail or, you know, pre- I mean, any, any recommendations, I know they could contact you. They can contact influencers and I'll put them in contact with you guys if they want to talk yeah. to you guys. Uh, any other great. advice you would give these guys? Well, you, you know, if they want to talk to their local sheriff where they're at, uh, it's pretty easy sell to the sheriff. If you can get the influence guys in their area to get involved with it, and just the simple fact that, hey, you want something that's going to reduce disciplinaries and problems in your jail, that it, that, that's pretty easy sell. Mm-hmm. Uh, we know that's not what we are selling, but I mean that's how you get your foot in the door. And yeah, there. Uh, if anyone's got a sheriff in their local district that needs information on it, he's more welcome or her to uh, call me. I can I can speak to what it's done for us. And all, pretty much all jails and prisons have some sort of spiritual life yes. director or chaplain or something. So there's an avenue for that that's already yes. there, right? So those are avenues, to, you know, at least in the prison system, I've heard they should talk to the chaplain would be the best rather than go to the warden, you know, basically. Yeah, like the, the hurdle is getting over, oh, well, what is this program? I'm like, well, it's, it's not a program. This yeah. is not, not your AAA or <laughs> one of these other. Uh, you, it's like I said before, you, you guys are treating symptoms. We were trying to give them a cure. Yeah. And I've interviewed Greg Hewitt and he's talked a lot about the cool thing about the prison ministry is that um, you, you take them through once and then they start taking each other. They start becoming the guides mm-hmm. to take the next generation through. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Inmates leading inmates to Christ. You know, that's, that's pretty cool. So, but you know, I thought it was, uh, I believe it was Greg was telling me they were at Riceville, one of the programs that they were in the, it's an 18 month long program they had. There's been a couple of times where individuals come up who are eligible for parole 
and chose not to apply to be paroled because they wanted to finish the program first. <laughs> that's that's speaks volumes right there. Oh yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, it's it's definitely an area of the ministry that that we didn't anticipate. As with most things with influencers, mm-hmm. we just follow the Lord and He's guided us into new areas that we never even dreamed. And, you know, so this is really a growing part of the ministry. I feel like, and I feel like there's so much potential. We barely scratch the surface. So, well, thank you guys for taking time today to you. tell your stories and just just a, not just a glimpse, you know, of, of things you've seen. But uh, praise God for all he's done in your life and what he's doing in the prisons and in the jail. So anyway, well, cool. Well, anyway, if any of you guys out there listening, uh, guys or girls, because it's, as Bob said, it's it's helping women inmates as well. Mm -hmm. So women can get in on this, too. Um, Send us a contact through the website, influencers.org, and uh, I'll make sure you get to the right people. And and we'll get you hooked up and and doing some work there wherever you're located. So uh, we're just excited to see what God, what God is doing. So. Anyway, well, this has been the Influencers Network Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Craig. I'm Executive Director for Influencers Global Ministries. I'm going to keep encouraging you to abide in Christ and go make disciples. God bless you.